River Church on Wednesday night. Thank you for coming and thank you for having me. I want to thank Pastor and Miss Deborah for having me tonight, asking me to come minister. They, they uh, asked me about three weeks ago, I think. And so I just uh, appreciate the opportunity and being able to be here with everybody tonight. Um, if you have your Bibles in hand, and I know you do, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to, I want to talk about I've, I've been thinking about this for months now and meditating on it, and this particular verse just came up to me about three weeks ago, and I need two hands to do this. There we go. All right. Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse 15 I'm going to actually jump up just a little bit uh, ahead of that. So I want to start with verse 11. So chapter 11, verse 11, it says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And verse, uh, verse 15, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. So, uh, and you guys may have seen this. This is the first time that I saw this several weeks ago. I've got, uh, and made this connection, but in verse 15, I've circled verse 15, and I've got the word mindful underlined, and then I've got the word opportunity underlined. Uh, because what I wanna talk about tonight is this idea of being mindful. Um, I know we talk about meditation, we talk about uh, renewing our minds, and I'm going to go through some of those scriptures tonight, but what I saw in this verse a couple weeks ago that I thought, uh, that I wanted to share with you tonight, is it says, and truly if they had been mindful, these are, these are people of faith, these are people that they made it into this faith hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11, these are faith from the Old Testament. So they had some substance that was able to get them promises. They had substance that caused them to overcome. But this verse is kind of, you know, when I read this chapter, the whole chapter is about faith. And then out of nowhere, it seems like it stops talking about faith for a second. It's not, but it seems like it is because it says in verse 14, and they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. So this idea of mindfulness 
And I don't want to get in the secular mindfulness. I'm, I'm talking about this being mindful as this scripture is talking about saying if you put your mind and you fill your mind full of certain things, in this case, if they were mindful of the country and from their past and from the things that they had come out, that it would have actually generated a door and an opportunity for them to go back into something that they had had in the past that they would no longer want. It would have disqualified them for walking in the the faith door. It would have opened up a different opportunity. So this idea of whatever we have mindful, it actually energizes us to open opportunities. The Holy Spirit can take what we fill our mind with, what we meditate with, and our meditation will open up opportunities in our lives. So that's really where I'm going tonight is this idea of what are we filling our mind with what is our mind currently filled with? And what do we need to do to open up the right opportunities in our life? Because like, like I was talking to Brother Lynn today, and he said, you know what? It's a lie to say God's getting better and better because he's never changes. He never changes. He is good all the time. But our perspective, the way that we do things, the way that we perceive our situation can determine the opportunities that are going to be before us. Because if we don't have the right perspective, then we're not going to walk through the right doors that might have the right door. Pastor was talking the other day about going through the door that'll have the key for the door that you need to go into. Well, we have to have the right mindset. So I'm going to talk about mindset and being mindful today. Uh, and I'm going to go to Romans chapter 12, 1, 1 and 2. But I want to share a story with you. I got up early this week. Uh, because I got this new smartwatch that does a really good job of telling me what I need to do. Uh, it's really smart. And uh, I've decided, you know, I'm, I'm working on a couple things. And one of the things I want to get up and I want to start walking and I'm praying and walking, trying to run and pray. Well, I don't run and pray, but I, I walk and pray and then I run and then I pray after I catch my breath of walking and running. So uh, I got up at 6 a.m., uh, I was up earlier, but I woke, I got, I got out of the house at 6 a.m. and started walking around the neighborhood. And uh, I didn't know the school bus ran that early. That's, that's pretty early that it ran early 6-ish, 6, 6.20, I don't know. And uh, I saw some kids get on the bus, and so I just keep on walking kind of uh, fast-paced and crossing the, uh, the neighborhood. And I don't know, about three minutes later, I meet a young man that's walking, and he's just it looks like he just woke up and he's carrying his backpack. And I'm like, well, he better hurry because uh, that, that bus is going and it's going toward the cul-de-sac. It's got to make, make a big loop. I thought he's going to make it. It's not that far of a walk. So I'm, I make my big track all around and I'm starting to walk back. And um, in a distance, I see something on the sidewalk and I thought, man, I must have been praying and I've missed something here. Somebody has put some kind of scene, you know, because of, everything going on and as I get closer I see that there's something laying in the middle of the of the sidewalk and there's a backpack on the other side of the sidewalk and I'm like oh my goodness what's going on I'm walking out seeing if this little guy's okay and I'm looking at him he's just laying there and I said buddy are you okay and he's just he, he at first I thought man what's going on with him and he starts to look at me and he said the bus, it's, it's gone. <laughs> and I said, yeah, man, it, it, it was good. Yeah, it, it's passed. I said, are you, and he's just laying there. He's not doing anything. He's just defeated. 
And I'm like, it's, it's not even 7 a.m., man. You, the school is only 10 minutes away. You can do this. And I'm like, man, you, you're going to get up? You're going to go talk to your parents? You're going to go to your house? And he, he just, he finally just gets up and he grabs his backpack. But we can't have a mindset of defeat. The Bible says that a righteous person may fall down seven times, but they're going to keep getting up. If you have the wrong mindset, you don't have the right opportunities coming up. If he would have just laid there, he would not have had the opportunity. You know, he may have been presented with a different challenge because he missed the bus. His parents may not have been happy, right? But he still can make it to school. There, there were other opportunities, but if he just laid there, there's a lot of other opportunities that could have arisen, a lot of other challenges that could have arisen, and some of them could have been dangerous if he would have just stayed there and nobody would have known where he was at. So we have to, in the spiritual sense, we've got to make sure that we don't just look at our situations. And I know everybody here knows the word, so we shouldn't do this and we probably don't do this, but maybe it's for somebody on the broadcast. We do not have a mindset of quit. We don't quit. We never give up. We never quit. We never give up. We don't, we just, you know, we don't accept defeat. You have to be, you have to have some a grit about you, right? And so you have to develop a mindset that says, I'm going to stand and I'm going to rise up and I'm going to continue to move forward. So in, uh, in Romans chapter uh, 12, verses 1 and 2, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to give you some examples of that chapter, verse uh, 11, 15 that we just read about people that were actually mindful of the country from whence they came out. Because there are examples in the Scripture, and it's not just Old Testament. I'm going to give you a couple in the Old and a couple in the New. But then I'm going to show you some other examples where we ignore, we refuse those types of mindsets, and we choose a mindset that the Holy Spirit has given us, and it's actually... It creates this, um, this wonderful ability that's going to bring opportunities in your life. There, there is an ability that God has opportunities lined up for you, and he wants to attract those to your life. And he has given, he's given a truth in the word on how to get those opportunities to attract to you like metal is to a magnet. I mean, it, it's, it's that easy. It is not difficult and it may not take that long to share it, but I believe that opportunities are going to flood our way as we change our mindset, as we just take a little bit different stance, uh, just change a couple degrees uh, in something. So uh, in verse uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here he tells us God has this good, acceptable, and perfect will of God out there, and it's designed for each one of us. There's a destiny for your life. There's a purpose, and there is great opportunities for you each and every day. Uh, and so the only way that we can get those to the 100% capacity that God wants us to have is we have to renew our mind. And so I think that I've seen in my life more than anything is I need to renew my mind more and get it more aligned with what God says. Meditate on who he is and who he says I am. 
That way I can receive more of what he says I already have because we already have it. But if we want to experience it, then we've got to do something. We've got to make a couple adjustments, right? So transforming our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I'm going to read one more, and then we're going to find some examples. In Psalms, and you don't have to turn to this one. You can if you want. But in Psalms chapter 90, verse 12, when I read this one, it, sometimes I, I think, man, that just, at first when you think of this, what it says, it, it sounds kind of, well, I don't know how, how you want to say it sounds. It just sounds like uh, morbid, I guess, because it says in verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days. And you're like, man, I don't want to think like that. But it says, so teach us to number our days. But I like the last part of it. It says that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So when we recognize that we have been placed here with an assignment on our lives, think about that. You recognize I've got an assignment on my life. You have an assignment on your life. Let's say it's 120 years worth. Yay. That's great. Let's say you've got 120 years, but if you number your days, then you're going to value that limited resource that you have every day. You only have 24 in a day, 24 hours in a day. That's a limited resource. How can I maximize today what God has given me, what he has put in my hands today? How can I maximize that? Teach me to number my days. Teach me to say, today is the day that God gave me. This is not a wasted day. This is not an opportunity for me to waste my day. This is an opportunity that God has given me today to do something that I've never done before. This is an opportunity that God has given me today to tap into something that I've never done before. This is an opportunity that God's given me today to do exploits for the kingdom of God. It, how, what are those exploits? Well, it can be going to get people delivered. It can be going getting people saved. It can be going and finding money, bringing money, pulling money. The, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. You have an assignment that every day God says, I want you to do something for the kingdom. And this verse tells me that if we would recognize that each day is special, each day was given by God, that we are going to learn to apply wisdom to our hearts. And what is wisdom? It's revelation and insight. It's knowing what to do, when to do it. So he's going to show you what to do with the resources and the time that he's given you every day. And so this is part of mind renewal is recognizing that this isn't really, even though he's put me here, this isn't just my day to do with what I want to do with it. He's, in, he's entrusted me. He's placed me as a steward over my day, over my resources, they're the resources that he's placed in my life, whether that's just time or whether it's time and money, whether it's, uh, you know, my children and leading my family, whether it's the fact, you know, I manage. So I've got I've got 16 people that I have been entrusted with. And so I have to manage them, whether it's you're doing sales and you you have been entrusted with something that you have to uh, represent your company with, whether it's all the students that you're teaching, whatever your position is, God has entrusted you with things, right? He's entrusted you. And so we ask the Lord for wisdom and we're going to change a mindset because the mindset, this being mindful, I, I've got written down here, be mindful of the mandate, okay? Because we have a mandate on our life. 
And, you know, teaching us to number our days, I've written, be mindful of the mandate. What, what is our purpose to do in the kingdom today? There's a mandate that demands a purpose for the kingdom today. And, you know, is it, we've got to be helping. We've got to be growing and developing and changing the things around us. We bring change by the presence of God that's on the inside of us. We, we bring change. Pastor talked this last week on, uh, I love this, that in every problem, there's the solution to the problem, right? There's, there, there is a solution to the problem. There is a solution to the problem. Well, we've got to be, we can't be mindful of the problem though, because if we're mindful of the problem, we're like that little guy, man, he, he had a problem. He couldn't, he couldn't get to school because he'd missed his ride. But you got another, you, there's, there's another, there's got to be another opportunity. God always gives us more opportunities. So if you, I just want to say this for somebody tonight. If you feel like you missed your opportunity, it wasn't your only opportunity. Okay. I think that many times we'll have lies come to us that, man, I missed my opportunity. I missed it. I missed the bus. I can't get there anymore. And the truth is, the devil wants to hinder people from getting to the promises of God. He wants to hinder you from getting to your destination. But if you missed an opportunity, just get up. Another opportunity will come because this truth in uh, Hebrews eleven fifteen says that if you were mindful, it, it says if you're mindful of that country, you would have had opportunity to return. You'd have been opportunity to turn back. But I'm going to tell you that if you are mindful of what God says about you, that you will have opportunity to go forward. You see, uh, uh, Brother Hagen, uh, I used to love listening to a sermon. I've got it somewhere on my phone. I haven't listened to it in a long time. But uh, I know that you guys have heard this illustration. In Romans chapter 10, 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, if, you, if you look in the, in the Greek, you'll find out that the word uh, cometh is not there. And so he talks about, you know, it's not that faith is just coming and going, that faith is better viewed in that verse as like charging a battery. Or he talks about like these old toys that you used to wind up. And you would wind up the toy, and when you would wind it up, it would have energy in that spring, and then the toy would shoot forward, right? Or like a clock. You know, I used to have an alarm clock that you got to wind up before. I liked my alarm clock in college. It was a wind-up, and it drove. Nobody liked hearing it tick, but I loved it. And you would wind it up, and that guy would go for seven days when you wound it up. And as long as you remembered to wind up your clock, you would always know the time, and you would always know when you were supposed to wake up. But you just had to put a little energy to wind it up. And when you wound it up, it put the energy forth to, to do what it was supposed to do. And so Kenneth Hagin talked about how um, faith is like that. As you, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear the word of God, as you hear the promises of God, it's like charging you up with faith. But when I saw this verse about they were mindful and it would have had opportunity for them to return. I saw an electromagnet. So, you know, like those big electromagnets that move, you can pick up cars with them. You can move steel with them. And uh, I, I got to looking it up and it said the great thing, you know, they're much more powerful than regular magnets. 
and they're completely magnified by the electricity or the current that flows through them. But if you want the power, you have to keep the electricity flowing because as soon as you turn the flow off, the magnetism is gone. So what I want to share is as you, as you study the word, as you keep your eyes and you focus on the promise, as you focus on the word, it magnetizes your life for promise opportunities. That's what, that's what being mindful with the word of God will do. Being mindful of who he has made you. Being mindful and being identified with this is what he's done for me. Be mindful of the testimonies. You know, write those down. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you some ideas of things to do. But, you know, we do these testimonies on Sunday morning and on Wednesday. But write them down. Don't just talk them one time and forget them. But write them down and rehearse them. And if you will meditate on those things and meditate on God and meditate on what he's done for you, meditate on what he says about you, it is energizing your life to attract all these opportunities. And you are going to be like overflow, it's going to be like a deluge. Like, you know, it's, you're going to be flooded with opportunities because your mindset says, I need these opportunities. I want to do exploits for the kingdom of God. Well, you just think about all the great things that God has done in your life already. Guess what? Those categorize as exploits. For the kingdom of God. Every time you lay hands on somebody and see them healed, or every time you've talked to somebody and got them saved, or you've given somebody just a word of encouragement, <laughs> you know, or you tell a little boy, hey, it's okay. Just because you missed the bus, you can get up and you can go, and it's going to be okay. That may seem small, but I'm telling you, he needed a little bit of encouragement. He's only like seven. I mean, he was little. I was like, man, you can do this. You can encourage people in your life around you. God has put a sphere of people around you. And when you meditate on the word of God, opportunities are attracted to you. I want you to say that with me. Say, good godly opportunities, good, godly opportunities. Are, attracted are attracted to me. Amen. We, we, they are attracted to us. We are going to do what God has called us to do. Praise God. All right, so I'm going to give you a few. Uh, one of those... Um, I've got two specifically that are kind of on the negative side, kind of like this one, because these, this uh, tells us that um, on that faith, that if they would have had a mind of the old country they came out of, they would have returned. In other words, they would have never arrived at where they got by faith because they thought the wrong thing. So the first one that popped in my head uh, was Job. Uh, I think Job, you know, he eventually got where he needed to be and he got his family restored. But I think... If we look at the verse, if we go to Job chapter 1, there's a real good um, example in Job. In verse uh, 4 and 5, it talks about Job and it talks about how much substance he had and uh, how godly he was. And we don't know what covenant he had with God. It was before the covenant with Abraham uh, and God. But it was, it was some type of covenant because there was some level of sacrifice there. But it says in, um, or maybe not a covenant, but it was, it was something. It was, he, was, he was worshiping God. But it says in verse 4, it says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one in his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning to all, and offered burnt 
offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So in other words, he was pretty afraid for his family. He had a lot of fear in his life. And he was constantly sin conscious, okay? So that's, that's what I hear when I read this verse, is uh, Job was sin conscious. He was, he was uh, sin conscious of his life probably, but mostly for his kids. He was like, man, I'm going to make sacrifices for them. I'm not just sacrificing for myself, but I'm sacrificing for them because uh, I'm constantly aware. He was constantly aware of the sin and of where they were missing it. And uh, it just said that he was really worrying about this, Right. And he had a lot of uh, a lot of fear, and uh, that gets that gets brought to light a little more in uh, Job chapter three verse twenty five. It says, "For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me." So, the mindful he was mindful, and but it was it was uh, anxiety, it was fear, it was worry. He was, he was thinking on the wrong things. He was thinking on the sin conscious side. He wasn't thinking on a covenant with God. He wasn't thinking on God's for me. He was thinking he's going to zap me or, he's gonna, or something's going to come on my kids or something's going to happen to my family. And so he was really fearful. And the Bible says here in verse 25, it says, the thing which I feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of is coming to me. Well, does that sound kind of like opportunities that were being attracted by a mind full of something that you didn't want. So, so when, you know, if they were mindful of that country, they may have had opportunity to have returned. Well, he was mindful of sin consciousness and he was mindful of fearful things. And he said, those fearful things came upon me. Right. So so we we don't want our mind full of things that's going to energize the enemy to have a door. We don't want that. So this is easy, right? All we got to do is change our mind. Let's focus on what God said. And if we meditate on the word of God, and I, w- I want to give you this. I heard this the other day. This is not an original, but it originally changed my perspective about meditation. That meditate, he, he didn't specifically say meditation. He, he was talking about how people continually stay in their situation day after day, and they start thinking about their situation, thinking about their circumstances. And before you know it, you can look at their life and you can see that they have just been there a long time and they've marinated in it. And that word marinate stuck with me with meditate because what happens when we marinate food? It soaks up all those flavors, you know, uh, we went to an Italian restaurant the other day, and, and Kim asked me, have you ever, Zoe loves meatballs. And they said, do you have a meatball recipe? I said, I got one, and you have to make all the ingredients, and then you stick it in a bag, and you leave it in the refrigerator overnight, and it just soaks up all that garlic and all those flavors, and then you fry it in butter and more garlic, you know? I mean, it's, it, you know, and, but what is that doing? It's marinating all those flavors together. Well, when we, when we meditate the word of God, we are beginning to marinate. It's hard to say those two at the same time. But when we meditate the word of God, we begin to marinate in the promises of God. It changes the flavor of our lives. It changes the perspective of our thoughts. It it infiltrates us with God thoughts as we meditate 
on God and his goodness and the word. But if we did what Job did, which I know we don't do that, but people that meditate and worry, you realize you have no power in worry. There is no power in worry. You can't change things. Jesus said, can you change one of your hairs? Can you do that? Can you, can you make more grow or can you do anything by worry? And you can't do that. You can't change anything by that. But you, 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 uh, you attract bad opportunities to you when you worry. You, you change your perspective and you marinate the wrong way. So what we want to do is we want to meditate the word of God. Meditate the promises of God. Get in there and find something that, that you want to attack. I'm going to say that. If you have something that you've been dealing with and you want to just attack it, then you get in the word of God and you start searching out those scriptures and you start writing those down. Find a few that just really speak to you and find ways that you can meditate those words. Uh, it may be, you know, the Bible says write the vision. You know, it doesn't say type the vision. I've been guilty of this. I like typing because I'm faster at typing. But do you know that, that physiologically, they've proven that as you write, that it does something for you? That, that as you write, and so the Bible says write the vision. So if you've got some words, it's great to have them typed up where they're nice and neat, but you may want to find something that's really speaking to you in the situation you're at. You may just want to get a pen and a paper out, get up early one morning and say, you know what, I'm just going to handwrite that. I'm going to handwrite it. You know, what do we do? I have, the children do not like this, but when they learn vocabulary words, I say, you need to write them. You write them out. Write those definitions out, and you may have to write them more than once. But as you write them, it ingrains something on the inside of you. You know, you want to meditate. And meditate's not just all about memorizing. But it's, it's putting something in your heart, in your soul. And because the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, I'm pure in heart, and you're pure in heart, because we've been changed. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things pass away, all things have become new. But we need to change our mind. And as we change our mind, those opportunities will show you God. You will see God in your opportunities because you have a pure heart, because you've meditated and you have got your mind changed and renewed to the word of God. I'm keeping an eye on the time. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, mindful of the mandate and meditating. Praise God. The second one I wanted to give you, Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to give you a new, a new Testament one instead of all Old Testament. I got Old Testament as well. I got some more. But this one I thought was real interesting. This one actually came to me today. We're talking about the, the parable of the talents. Jesus gave a parable about these guys. Uh, and we all know it. It said, you know, he gave uh, five, two, and one. And so uh, Matthew chapter 25. And I'm just going to hone in. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the time sake. Uh, but in verse 20, I'm going to start with verse uh, 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So the first guy and the second guy, they, they nailed it, right? They nailed it. They did exactly. They hit the mark and it wasn't surprising to the master because the master knew that they had the ability to do it, okay? Uh, but verse 24, we, we know the one talent guy here. 
says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine, with some dirt on it. Uh, now, what's interesting is he did the same thing that Hebrew said that those people, if they had done it, if they had been mindful of that country, they might would have went back. He started becoming mindful of all the difficulties. He was mindful of all the expectation that his master was going to have of him. He wasn't mindful of the abilities that he had. Like, wow, the master gave me one talent because he's entrusted me with whatever it is. It's a lot of money. One talent's a lot of money. And he entrusted me with that. But instead of thinking in that way, he decided to think, man, this is going to be hard. And he's going to be very uh, not pleased with me. And he's going to, you know, he's, he's, he's expecting me to produce something that I don't have. Instead of realizing that he had the ability, he had something already, and he could actually attract opportunity to produce just like the other two guys did. So because he was mindful of the wrong thing, he got the wrong results. So if you want the right opportunity, this is another example, uh, the opportunities, it might not be the only way, the only reason, but what we are mindful of attracts and generates the, the opportunities that we see in our life. So if you don't like the opportunities that you're seeing, let's do some more meditating. Because opportunities come. They will come. More opportunities will come. Opportunities are everywhere. They are everywhere. Opportunities are everywhere. But the applying wisdom that we read in Psalms, we need our eyes open where we can see the opportunities. If our mind's full of all the distractions, if our mind is full of all the woes and the worries and the things, well, we can't even hear what God's saying. Like, there's your opportunity because we're too busy listening. So that's what listening to the, the negative mindset. So we want to have a faith mindset. We want to have a growth mindset. We want to have a mindset of, um, man, God wants to expand my life. He wants to expand your life. He wants to fulfill and enrich your life. Just like the last time I was here, I, I spoke about uh, enriching your faith, right? And how when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it actually enriches your faith. And uh, I, I shared with you that uh, kind of like with the other minister that I was that I was telling you, Mark Hankins was talking about. It's kind of like enriching uranium, right? Like just just the rock of uranium. It doesn't really do a whole lot. Uh, you know, like, you know, you might light the houses up, you know, but like if you want to light a city, you've got to have enriched uranium. You've got to enrich it. And if you want to do bigger things, you've got to enrich it even more. Right. So you want your life enriched. And how do you enrich your life? Well, you enrich your life through the word of God because you already have the faith of God, but you've got to renew your mind to that. You renew your mind to it. You enrich your life. You pray in the spirit. So praise God. I, I want to give a couple examples. Those are some examples of people that uh, use their mindset. I've got 10 minutes. Uh, to use your mindset to, um, to go the wrong direction. But I wanted to give you a few of 
people that, that went a different direction. And the first one that came to my mind was Joshua chapter one, verse eight, because he talks about meditating. And I think that that's awesome. And so we're going to read it real quick. In Joshua chapter one, verse eight, it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shall meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all. I like that. That I may observe to do all. It's not, it's not, it's another one of those uh, power words like pastor talks about, right? Always, all, I, I can, I can get it all, right? Not some of it, but I can do all when I meditate there in day and night that I do all according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So he said, if I meditate in the word, I, right there, it tells me two specific types of opportunities that attract to me. I get prosperous ways, prosperous opportunities, and I get good success attracted to me when I meditate in the word day and night, when I marinate in the word day and night, when I think about it all the time, it changes my perspective and causes me to be energized like an electromagnetic force, and it attracts those types of things to me, okay? So how did that happen for Joshua? Well, I mean, it, it, let's see, I got two verses. One, uh, in chapter 10, and we've, we know this uh, in verses uh, seven and eight, it says, so Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. I like that because we're in men of valor and we are in the men of valor. And, and the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not. In other words, don't have the wrong mindset. Don't be mindful of fear. Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. So what's his mind going to be full of? You're going to find out in a minute he had a victory. So clearly he was mindful of, oh, they're already defeated. They're delivered. That's what I'm mindful of right now. There, there shall not a man of them stand before thee. So, wow, what a promise. He had a promise of God that don't, don't be afraid of them. Don't worry what they look like. It doesn't matter if they come with tanks. You've got javelins and it ain't just a stick. It's going to take them out. Right. You, you've got something that's going to take care of business. I promise you, I've delivered every one of them and there's not one that's going to stand. So then if you look in verse 12 through 14, which is amazing to me, it says, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, like he just threw it out there in front of everybody. He didn't pray a quiet prayer. He said it in front of everybody. That's audacious, you know. And he said, in the sight of all Israel, sun stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day, and there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Man, anything, anything can happen when you're full of faith, when you believe and you have, when you're mindful of the promise, be mindful of the promise. I don't have this one written down, but I've been thinking about it all week. And I told Kimberly, I'm like, look this up uh, last week. I think it was, I said, Gideon had 300 men. How many people did he take down? And I think she looked it up and said it was 135,000. It was a lot of people, a lot of people, 300 people, 135,000. All right. So take that however you want. You know, you can, you can apply that to your situation. You got a debt situation, $300 can take out $135,000 debt. Whatever you need, 
I'm telling you, God has put something in your hand and he's putting a promise that you can put in your mouth. He's put a promise that you can put in your mind. And if you'll take that promise and you'll take the resource, whatever it is in your hand, it will change everything in your life. It'll, it'll rearrange. It will attract the opportunities that God wants you to have. Uh, but back to Joshua. All right. So, it, so the son stood still for him. But I want to flip back when he was young, younger in Exodus, because I think this is cool because he had this mindset before he ever became a leader over Israel. Like, how did the opportunity for him to be a leader over Israel show up? Well, because he still had the same mindset that I'm going to meditate in the Lord and in his law day and night. So in, in uh, Exodus 33, verses 8 through 11, and it says, And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped, every man in his tent door. They didn't move too far. They stayed in their tent. They stayed at their house. They, they, it, didn't, it didn't motivate them to move and change their perspective and uh, their viewpoint too much. Their viewpoint was standing in their door instead of moving further and closer to the Lord. But it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. He just hung out for a while. He just said, hey, I'm going to just hang out in the presence of God. I'm going to meditate in the presence of God. I'm going to meditate in the words which God's already spoken, and I'm going to live and abide there. And it promoted him. It promoted him. It caused him to prosper and have good success. And so the Lord reminded him when he took the leadership role in Joshua chapter 1, you need to just continue to meditate in the word day and night because then you're going to make every, every way that you go is going to be prosperous and you're going to have good success because your mind is right. Get your mind right. right? You've heard that before. People playing games, get your mind right. Get your mind right. You're going to make that shot. You've got to get your mind right. Well, you've got to get your mind right in the things of the Spirit. You've got to change your perspective and change your mind. Jesus, I'm, uh, let's see here. So I, I just have a, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cover all this, surely. But what I'm going to do is I want to, I want to just give you a couple things that I, that I got this week that I want you to consider that will be practical ways that you could uh, engage in sharpening your mindful, mindness, uh, your mindset and being mindful toward the things of God. So um, one of those is I, I just wanted to present a challenge that you would try to do this, and you may do this already. And you'll just have to come up with something that's more difficult. But you've got a sermon that pastor gives on Sunday. Awesome sermon. Awesome message. Talks about the Christian life. Talks about a solution is in, a, in that problem. There's a solution. And you listen to it, and you're like, man, that's exactly what I needed. If that's the message, you said, man, that was the one I needed to hear, okay? I, want, I, would, I would challenge you to listen to that same sermon every day for a week. And I want you to think about that sermon every day. You're just going to marinate in the Word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What, we, we get energized by the Word, right? Our mind 
when our mind, when we're meditating on the word, it energizes us and brings those opportunities and it changes our perspective. So, you know, it's not about the doing. I'm not trying to get, I'm not, I'm not getting, uh, I'm not trying to get weird here where you're saying, oh, you got to pray three times a day and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying stretch yourself to get more word in. Stretch yourself to push out. It's kind of like this, this smartwatch. Never had one of these before. I'm a tech guy. Never had a smartwatch. And uh, I got it, and I put it on. Well, I'm sitting there working, and I, I sit in front of a computer all day, and I'm typing. So I don't get up a lot. And it starts buzzing and vibrating at me. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? Are you sending me a message? Are you telling me something? And it says, it's time to get up. Would you like to do a stretch? Would you like to go walking? Would you like to move around a little bit? I'm thinking, well, not really, not right now. Now's not a good time. But it doesn't know that. It's just saying, hey, I need to remind you. So if you've got a smartwatch, here's something that I've had an idea that I'm going to do. Every time my smartwatch buzzes me that I need to move around, I'm also going to read a verse in the Bible. I'm going to do something that's going to engage me spiritual instead of just doing that. Because why? Because we get conditioned when, when we do something so many times a day, it conditions us to do that. Well, it's trying to change my mindset about my health to get me to move differently. Well, we're wanting to change our mindset to where we're more in tune with the promises that God's given us. Oh, and I didn't write this one down, but I want to share this one. I know it's in 2 second, in second Timothy. Or not 2 Timothy, 2 Peter. But this is, this is what we are doing. In 2 Timothy chapter, or 2 Peter, I keep saying 2 Timothy, 2 Peter chapter 1, yeah, uh, two verses, uh, there's, there's one in verse 5, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, you can read all of it, giving all diligence, and then in verse Eight, it says, and if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it talks about diligence. So what we're going to do for our mindset is we're going to be diligent. Mindfulness is just being diligent to put your focus on the right thing because you have the ability to think anything you want, right? But you know how pastor says uh, access doesn't mean permission? Is that right? Access doesn't mean permission? Well, in our minds... Just because we can think things doesn't mean we should think things. So there's certain things. God's given us our mind, and he's told us what we should do with it. But we've got to renew our mind to it. We've got to do with it what he told us to do with it. So meditate. And so uh, consider listening to one of those uh, messages uh, every day. If you have something that's speaking to you, I'm not talking about a different message each day. Do the same message every day. That way it'll really soak in. And I think you're going to see some new nuggets, just like you read the same verse over and over again. I think there's going to be some nuggets that are going to come out. That just came to me today. And then the second one uh, that I wanted to share is log something, you know, write it down. I'm not talking about writing an entire journal. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the guy that writes a one-page journal. But, uh, you know, Trading in the stock market, they say, hey, you need to write down why you traded what you traded. Why did you make that investment? Why did you, you buy those options? How many did you buy? What did you buy? Did you do good? Did you do bad? What were you feeling? What were you thinking? Write all that down. Uh, that way you can go back and you can read it. And I'm logging calories, okay? So I'm, I'm trying to count calories. You don't have to count calories. But I started uh, counting calories, and I noticed that I'm starting to get a habit of doing it now. After about a week and a half... I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to log those and, you know, punch it on your phone. But what it does, without even knowing it, you're like, man, there's a goal there. 
And I want to make sure I stay under my goal. I want, to, I want to make sure that I'm hitting what I'm supposed to be hitting. So being mindful of just writing down a small number each time I eat has actually made me more aware of other things that I'm doing. It, it, it changes your perspective. So if, and I'm not telling you to log calories, I'm telling you to log things, you know, write things down that God's telling you. Write down things that uh, the Lord has spoken to you every morning. Steve Sampson talks about putting a little uh, thing by your bed, a piece of paper by your bed, a notebook by your bed. When you wake up in the morning, write your dreams down. When, when God tells you something, write it down. Uh, when you got a testimony, write your testimony down. Write down what God thinks, and then rehearse it the next morning. Rehearse it throughout the day and thank God for it. And when you do that, it's going to change your mindset. And you're going to have a mind full of things of faith, and it's going to produce opportunities that God wants to have in your life. So that's uh, uh, having a mindful mindset. All right. So praise God. Uh, it's good for you guys to join us tonight on the broadcast. I'm going to pray for us tonight, and then, uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Uh, Father, we just thank you for an opportunity tonight to share your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you, Lord, that you want everybody here, everybody here in person, everybody on broadcast to do exploits for the kingdom of God. I thank you, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for their lives. God, you have everything laid out before them. And uh, you want them to hit the target every day of every month of every year for the rest of their life to do everything that you've called them to do and leave nothing behind. So I thank you, Lord, that you change our mindset, you change our perspective, that you encourage us, that you show us the adjustments that need to be made. That way we can meditate and we can marinate in the word of God and we can have change and health and prosperity. I thank you, God, that as I thank you that each person here as it says in John, 3 John 2, that they would prosper and be in health as their soul prospers. I thank you that they have a prosperous soul, a prosperous mind, a mind full of the promises of God. We love you and we thank you for all that you've done in our lives and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God.